giant voice. The official podcast of the United States Navy's largest overseas installation, Commander Fleet Activities, Yokosuka. All the information you need to succeed as a forward deployed sailor in Japan. Each week, we tackle one topic and speak to experts who can answer some of your most frequently asked questions. This is the Giant Voice Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, episode two of our podcast. Today, we have Seaphase uh, Command Chaplain, Commander David Kim. He's with us to talk about suicide prevention, specifically uh, Safe Talk, which is a training program that is available to sailors here at Seafay and uh, sailors everywhere. Just a quick note, this episode covers topics of suicide and mental health awareness, so listener discretion is advised. If you or someone you know is uh, experiencing suicidal thoughts or other mental health issues, uh, you can visit www.veteranscrisisline.net. Or if you're on Yokosuka base, uh, you can dial the duty chaplain at 080-5016-6836 or the suicide prevention line at 1-800-273-8255. Thanks for listening. We're really glad to have you here, sir. Let's start with, you know, I think as service members in the Navy, I think anyone who's been in the Navy long enough has been personally affected by suicide. The military, the Navy, whatever the case might be, that are they more common than in the the civilian world? Or is that a matter of perception of us on the inside? That's a that's a good question. And I think there are people who would answer that differently Um, because numbers you can slice and dice them however you'd like right Um, but is it a problem absolutely I think uh, you'll hear a lot of people say that one suicide is one too many Um, but when we look at uh, I think the number of suicides if if for 2021 I think it's like 57 58 suicides in the Navy and then the way they uh, usually do suicidal um, Suicide statistics is per 100,000. So if you were to take that down uh, and compare it, I think it comes out to like 17 point something per 100,000. And you compare it to like the U.S., for instance, um, and then you start taking into account our demographic, uh, mainly male, uh, mostly male, uh, younger for the most part, uh, but at least within like the teenage to 60-year-old, right? Right. when you kind of slice and dice the, the statistics that way, we are actually a lower rate of suicide than than the civilian world. I understand. So, you know, we're, it's a certain cohort that has a relative, this rate is about here, but that cohort is large, a larger portion of the Navy. Right, right. And so, again, nevertheless, I think just anecdotally, because we serve in this environment with those people, um, I think your sailors are going to be more likely to run into those uh, people who are having suicidal thoughts for all sorts of reasons. And again, the, the statistics for completed suicides, 
Um, we're not even getting into just people who actually go through those periods of time where they have those, those kinds of thoughts, um, go through kind of dark periods. And that could be, again, a result of the demographic, people who are younger, who are going through a lot of transition. Um, just in general, think about, you know, when you were back at that age, um, even before the Navy, going through college, trying to find questions of identity, uh, those things all affect how we kind of cope with with change and with stress. That might affect it, along with the fact that we're in the Navy, we were asking you to go away from home, from a lot of other sources of support that you're used to having, isolation, and especially out here, FDNF, homesickness, big issues uh, that can, culture shock, shock, right? Uh, Just feeling alone. those are some things that, that could lead someone uh, during times of, of, of real difficulty to start thinking about suicide. Um, and then, of course, there's some of the added stress of, of the work environment that we're in and potentially operational uh, um, uh, schedules and, and the pace there. Those all factor in as well. So uh, are we at a higher risk? Um, I would say so. Uh, is it Navy-specific, military-specific? I don't know if I... I I think it's always safe to to assume it's a that combination we are, of but it factors. Is a combination. Maybe exactly. yeah. it's much more complex than just you you wear a uniform. You're going to be at higher risk. Um, so tell me about some of the uh, the stigmas about um, you know let's say suicidal ideation or seeking you know if someone is feeling these feelings and 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 wants to seek help. Some of the stigmas that maybe people might feel of why they can't, both in a general sense and then in the military as well. Right. So I think um, the stigma, it does extend beyond the military, but it's, I think it's, it's exasperated uh, when we're talking about um, seeking help as, as somehow associated with weakness or giving up, right? And you hear it about in the way that, that people joke as well, um, about quitting, quitting on life, quitting on on the team, and um, you know, uh, there, there's a stigma that that suicide is really quitting, and that obviously doesn't translate well to um, a a military environment, uh, masculinity, and it's, it's all about like pushing through, sucking it up, and if you can't, then uh, don't be part of my team, right? And so there there is that that fear that. Um, that is there for mental health issues in general, not just suicide, but mental health issues that we're really trying to address because no one's going to, you know, uh, fault someone for taking a knee when they're physically injured. Right. Right. But kind of unseen injuries uh, on the emotional and mental front, uh, there's just a lot less understanding, a lot less tolerance, I think, for that, that we're trying to address. And if we could just get to the point where mental health injuries and, and suicidal thoughts are treated the same way that fatigue and, um, I mean, the Navy does a great job of trying to address getting proper sleep, uh, getting into a circadian rhythm to address the physical needs. Um, we just need to be doing that as well uh, on the emotional and the mental health front as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you think about it, it's it's something along the lines of if I broke my foot, right, right, you 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 don't want me operating the gun right now. Exactly. You want me fixing my foot so I can be ready to go later, right. But somehow, when it comes to mental health issues, we yeah. don't take that same level of care. Sometimes, do we? Right. Um, and and like you said, yeah, you know, there's there's that stigma. So what do we, how do we, how do we try and get over that? Like what's, what's the path forward there? I think there's, there's a couple of things we can do. One is really just to 
reframe mental health injuries um, or or kind of these these points that people might be having in their lives in the same way we would treat a physical injury of yeah. you would you diagnose it you address it you heal from it and you get back into the fight right and I think it's that last part that that puts a lot of fear into people because when they think oh I might be having um, kind of a stress injury here I might have have trouble adjusting to this particular point in my life they see it as they don't see it as a temporary thing right uh, they see it as an injury that's going to take him out of the fight for good. So they don't want to bring it up because they're like, I'm going to lose my clearance. I'm going to lose my job. I'm right. going to get kicked off the ship. And I think one thing we can do is is celebrate when we do see someone get help, take care of what they need to take care of, heal up, do the rehab, do the, uh, the um, rehab in terms of like physical. I'm just trying to use the physical therapy uh, Right, right. Example. Analogy. Yeah, totally. Yeah, just I got you. I'm with rehab, you. Get, get the physical therapy. So in the same way we get therapy, we, we kind of work through those, some of these issues that are causing the immediate um, uh, uh, kind of debilitations right now and then get back into the fight right. and celebrate someone coming, coming back into the unit. Hey, I, I had some things I, I worked through, uh, but I'm working through them now and I'm in a better place. And again, uh, just trying to incorporate them back into that community incorporate them back into that team um, I think if that's one thing we can do better the other thing is just to normalize the conversation right, right? Um, well this one thing is safe talk uh, which we're, we're trying to implement yeah that's here. what we're gonna get into yeah yep. the big thing is talking about the stigma and trying to not make it weird anymore right to start asking probing questions of like hey what's going on uh, are you having thoughts of suicide um, and just making that a normal part of the conversation, the subject itself, and uh, we talk about how even the word suicide is loaded. It's right. loaded. It almost leaves a bad taste in yeah. some people's mouth. Right. 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 And so even just saying the word or committing suicide, right? Committing suicide is like the word commit is associated like committing crimes, right? Right. Right. It's, it's right. A bad thing. And right. so um, there's just a lot of stigma associated with it, even in our language. And those are some of the things we try to address and just to not normalize that as, it, as if it's, it's normal to commit suicide, but is it normal to have thoughts of suicide when you're at a certain point? A certain stress level yeah. or a certain point in your mental health. Right, right. Sure. Then, then hopefully we won't be as scared of it and won't be as scared to address it and then ideally to connect someone with the help they need in order to be able to address it and, and take them out of that dark place. Yeah, I think, uh, you know... I'm a millennial, but, you know, people get down between the generations and stuff. One thing I love about Gen Z in the United States specifically is they are very pro-mental health, much more than my generation. And compared to Gen X and the baby boomers, I mean, it's a totally different scale. Gen Z is much more open, I feel like, talking about mental health issues. So maybe that's a sign we're moving in the right direction, right? I, and it's the first step, right? Yep. Um, the, I'm, actually, maybe it's it's the second or third step. The first step is just being open to be transparent about it, right? right? Which, again, Gen Z, I think, is transparent about a everything, lot of it, everything, right? right? right. That's, that's almost problematic in some, <laughs> yeah. some people's opinions, but... We can talk about it, and but then making that connection with, I have no problem getting help, right? Let's let's figure out how to get me connected. That's that's definitely going to be helpful as well. So so tell me tell me some more. We we broached the topic of safe talk. Tell me a little bit more about it. What is it? Where did it come from? Right. How long it's been around? And and just what it is. Right. So safe talk is um, one of the products of a company called Living Works. 
livingworks.net. Uh, it's an international company that has several different products that addresses uh, suicide um, intervention. And they have uh, different things that they use for uh, you know, public health, for education, research. Um, but the, the main push for this company is trying to get skills into the hands of everyone to intervene in suicide at different levels, right? And so they have, um, uh, Safe Talk is what we try to push for for as many people as we can. Um, it's not a Navy program, but like so many things in the Navy, it's it's an acronym, right? So yeah, we, Safe we Talk love is acronyms. an acronym, right? We love our acronyms. Uh, so SAFE is, uh, stands for Suicide Alertness for Everyone. And the the goal of that program is just to raise awareness and alertness to make much more uh, make people sensitive uh, and alert as to warning signs that might be around them. And it's kind of like for counter intel. Uh, you want as many people aware of potential signs of, of, uh, of people who might be a little bit fishy, right? That's the whole idea of doing all this training is increase the number of detectors that are out there for, for counterintelligence. Right, and if a number of signs match up, right. that might be an indicator. It might be nothing. It might be nothing. But if it's something, hey, it's worth looking into, and that's the same thing we, 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 uh, we try to instill with, with Safe Talk. So Living Works, it's, they've been doing it internationally. It's not an American company. It's, uh, they, they actually have a huge footprint in, um, in Canada, Australia, Europe. And so uh, I think it's around 2 million people they've reached worldwide. But with Safe Talk, it's... it's it's uh, not their uh, oldest program, and so they they've reached around eight hundred thousand people um, with with Safe Talk. And again, these programs are your industry standard. They're they're uh, they do work with schools. They do work with um, utilities, like uh, the uh, they they work with subways, public um, public transportation systems, because there are a lot of people who may be kind of on those passengers there that. The, the drivers, the operators are first responders there. They see it first, right? So, um, and they, uh, over 50 peer-reviewed studies that show kind of the f- efficacy of, of these programs. So it works, it's good, and it's, it's the best that's out there, which is why the Navy and CNIC has really embraced this as, hey, this is, this is the way to go. Um, so you went through this training. Yep. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about, you know, Maybe some of the stuff you learned that you didn't know, kind of what what you did in the training. Maybe something that was surprising for you. All right. So uh, I took the training a long time ago. Okay. Right? <laughs> uh, it's, it's been several years uh, since I received it, and I've been uh, delivering it for quite a while. Um, but I do uh, remember when I first went through it, just um, having that kind of aha moment of uh, suicide as a way to just to end the pain, right? right. And again, to me, it was a very foreign concept uh, why someone would want to end their life. But when it was put in the, in the context of uh, they're going through all this emotional pain and this is not the preferred way to end it, they don't want to die. But they don't want to suffer. But they don't want to suffer. And so if you put it like that, it's like I ask people all the time, if you were being physically tortured, would you rather continue to be tortured or would you rather just want to end it? And on a physical sense, it's like, kill me yeah, now. Yeah, it's an easy it be, choice, right? right? But on an emotional front, we, we don't see it that way. And so um, and then, so finding ways to find, get, offer an alternative, uh, finding ways to just say, hey, we don't have to solve all the problems now, but are you willing to just 
take another step forward and stay safe for now. Uh, that's really the, the goal of it. Um, and for Safe Talk, it's not even to get to that point. That's so. The next product in the in the um, in the intervention is Assist, which is a two day course, which is really for people to talk people through this 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 time, right? Uh, to get them to to kind of embrace life for one more day. But that's not what Safe Talk is. Safe Talk is not even going that far. It's just, hey, can we connect them with the help they need? Can right. we just broach the conversation, get them talking, acknowledge there's a problem here? And then get them to the help they need, whether it's an assist trainer or, in our case, in the Navy, to medical, uh, to, to mental health. And then so it's just training people just to make that connection and making it not scary, not weird, normalizing the conversation. So what are some, you know, if we're going to, uh, you're your average sailor out there. And so what are some things that you've gleaned from Safe Talk that your average sailor can can implement now today to help try and remove some of the stigma about having these conversations with the people around them who they care about? Um, I think one of the things that uh, I see a lot of people um, concerned about is if I broach the subject of suicide, am I going to give them the idea? Mm. So they don't want to talk about it because like, well, I don't want to give them the idea to do it, and right. I don't want to be responsible for that. Right. And so one of the things we really kind of try to emphasize in the class, um, and something that we actually get from from people who have gone through this, is you're not giving me any ideas I haven't thought of already. I've been in this world of darkness and pain for a long time, yep. trying to avoid this idea of suicide because it's kind of lurking there, and it's there. I don't want to acknowledge it. Um, so you're not introducing anything to me that I haven't already been thinking about. Right, um, so broach the subject, ask them directly without seeming like you're nervous about the issue. Hey, are you thinking about suicide? Um, and if they're not, the response is going to be no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. It's not that bad. And I got, I've gotten that a lot of times as a chaplain. It's like, hey, are we are we talking about suicide? It's like, jabs, chill out. Like I'm not I'm not that bad. I'm yeah, not, yeah, I'm not I'm there just, yet, yeah. right? Um, and that's the worst that can happen. Is like someone gonna, laughs it off or so, shakes it yeah, off. It's, yep. it's, but a lot of times it's been, actually, yeah, I haven't, I haven't been seriously thinking about it. I'm like, well, still, you thought about it. Um, thanks for sharing that with me. And, you know, that means, that means that this is serious. That means that this is, this is something that we should really, really talk through and, and get you someone to connect with, to talk through with. So um, just broaching the subject, being, uh, you know, bold enough to do that, um, not only... Uh, enables you to be able to start a conversation, but it respects the other person's pain to be right. like, actually, this is someone that is not nervous about talking. I'm not going to freak him out by opening up to them. This is a safe place. Exactly. So, you know, it's something I think about a lot. And I, I think this came with, you know, my own struggles and therapy of my own. And, um, but, you know, sometimes people just want to be listened to more than anything right. else. They don't necessarily want a solution. I just want to be listened to and heard. And, you know, the human experience is relative, right? Just because something didn't affect me a certain way doesn't mean it's not going to affect another person in a certain way. And what you get, I think it's a little bit of a military attitude. It's also a a male attitude in the United States, unfortunately, is, oh, well, you think you have it bad. Let me tell you about how bad X, Y, Z is. And 
I mean, I feel like that's the wrong thing to say in any given situation, let alone someone who is possibly having suicidal thoughts. What do you think about that? Absolutely. Uh, I think, uh, well, to finish off the, the acronym uh, for Safe Talk, the T-A-L-K stands for Tells, Ask, Listen, and Keep Safe. Right. And it's that listen that's probably the, the, the hardest thing to do is, is for people to listen. Because, uh, again, whether it's because we're male, whether it's because we're Navy and we're, you know, we're, we're solution steep, oriented. We're all about the solution. We right. want to solve the problems. Like, I know what's wrong with you and I know how to fix it, right? Whereas just listening and just being present and, and giving them a space just to let go and, and just unload what's on their, what's on their minds, um, that's half, half the problem, right? And having a non-judgmental attitude about it, you can have your own opinions. This isn't the place for it, right? Um, the, uh, is, the L is for listen and actively listening. And that's the thing about Safe Talk is even if uh, you won't use it for suicide intervention, which I doubt, again, you stay in the Navy long enough, you're going to come across a situation where you're probably going to be talking to someone about this. But even without that, it teaches people to be more empathetic, to just be more compassionate, uh, to be better leaders in that way because they're listening to their to their to their people around them, to their team, um, and so there's there's benefits that that come from this training that go well beyond uh, suicide intervention. But yeah, that's uh, one of the things that I'm always telling people is it's not about you, it's not about me, uh, it's it's about who's in front of you and what's what's burdening them. So give them the space, give them the time to to tell their story, and just take a backseat and listen. And yeah, you, you you can be really surprised what you learn about people when they, when they start to open up and be vulnerable, right? Like, um, it, it's, I think a lot about, um, you know, many years ago, there was a guy I knew from home and I hadn't seen him in many years except for on Facebook and yeah. everything always looked happy and, and nice and um, yeah, find out from someone from home that he had committed suicide. I mean, right. had a had a family and, you know, um, and it, it. You know, I hadn't I hadn't been connected with him in in many years, but all I could think about was this sort of like, wow, the veneer that's presented there right. looked very nice. Yeah, it's convincing. And you you, I feel like sometimes people who are really suffering get really good at being able to put that veneer up. And so, like, how do we look for signs when maybe someone has become really good at hiding those? signs? Right. And that's that's a challenge. Right. right. Especially with social media, people putting their best foot forward all the time. Right. And that's the main venue that we actually are interacting. Um, so one of the other things that we try to address in Safe Talk as well is um, you can be surprised at someone committing suicide. But if you really start digging deep, most times, vast majority of the times, there were some there are some tells. And so tells uh, is is. It's kind of like when you're playing poker, people have tells. Whether they want to or not, they're, they're giving up information. Right. right? And, uh, and that's in the hardest scenarios. In most scenarios, people who are in some sort of pain are actually giving what we call invitations. They're, they're trying to put information out there, and they're seeing if you're going to catch on to it. Oh. Right? Um, because if you don't catch on to it, you're confirming their, their understanding that oh. you don't care. Right? right? But if you pick up on this... Then you actually do care, and then 
and then maybe I can start opening up. So they're kind of putting stuff out there consciously or unconsciously. And, and then so, when no one bites, it's creating this feedback loop that's reinforcing their exactly. own thoughts. And isolating them further, right? So if we pick up on it and say, whoa, 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 you said this. Tell me more about this, right? Then they start, again, feeling maybe feeling a little bit vulnerable and wondering, am, am I safe to be vulnerable here, right? Um, so the more that we can do as listeners to draw that out and say, I see this, I acknowledge this, it could be nothing, but in some cases, it's something. So just put me at ease to tell me, is it, is it serious, right? Um, and so as we learn those tells, as we learn those invitations, and as we start picking up on them and start exploring them and not be afraid to explore them, uh, that's when I think that veneer can start coming down. Because those veneers are put up because they don't feel safe. Because they don't feel at, at liberty, because they don't think anyone cares. Um, but if you start showing, no, I do care. I do want to know about the bad stuff, not just the good stuff. Start opening up to me about that. That's, that's when those walls start coming down. And it's, it's funny because I think sometimes maybe people also feel like that there's going to be judgment. And, I mean, I've always found when you do open up to someone, very rarely in my 40 years on Earth, has anyone ever been like really judgmental? People are usually interested and curious to learn about maybe your backstory or some of your own trauma or, I mean, it, it's, I, I feel like we make connections through that sometimes. Yeah. And um, so obviously, you know, suicide is an extreme case and not exactly what I'm talking about, but I think we, we, maybe we, we shouldn't be so afraid to share what's deep in us, right? Right, right. And I think it's it all depends on our experiences. Some people may have gotten burned right, by, by right. having been judged, right. uh, especially on this topic. Right. And I think some of it is just well-meaning. Uh, sure. Some people, again, who are just not comfortable with the idea, are, they, they might panic and start saying, mm. oh, this is wrong. You can't do this, right? And, and definitely as a chaplain, coming from a religious standpoint, then there's the whole idea of like, of sin and this is wrong, this is not right in God's eyes, might not exactly be very helpful at this point in time to start talking about your theology and about uh, about the, the eternal consequences of something. Uh, but it's usually because someone is well-meaning and they, they want to like basically shake someone into, uh, shake, shake, uh, take them out of that situation and be like, no, you gotta, you gotta, you can't be thinking about this, but right? that's not the right choice. Not the right thing. But having that that listening mentality and just letting them talk about their pain, that stuff might come out in conversations later on down the road. But at this point, um, I'm glad you have, you've had the experience of not having been judged, right? I think a lot of people may have had negative experiences. Oh, certainly. I'm not, or, I'm not denying anyone's yeah. experience. Or, or fear it. They, yeah. may, they may not have experienced it themselves, but on this subject, they're like, oh, I haven't been judged about a lot of things, but if I broach this subject, they're going to have an opinion on it. Um, and so I don't want to broach it. So creating that safe space for them to do that, um, yeah, I I hope people do feel feel at ease and feel comfortable, um, and have had experiences of not being judged. That's that's a that's a sign of a good environment that you've been in. I guess what I'd like to ask you is something like, if anyone is listening to this podcast, if they pop this on right now and they see the topic, and they jump into it, maybe because they're having some of these feelings, what would you say to them right now? Someone who's having thoughts of suicide, Correct. right? Um, I'd say 
that there are people uh, that are not afraid to talk about it, that do care, and uh, that web of people, that network of people we're hoping to grow, um, that are not just caring but are are uh, emboldened and trained and uh, comfortable with talking you through it and uh, and getting you the help that you need. Uh, you are not alone. Um, there are there are people who the that care and that that want to come alongside you, and it feels like you're alone. And they, those people might not be the people you know right now, um, but just know that we're out here and uh, keep sending those invitations out. We're gonna pick them up, right? That's that's what I would say. Just hang in there um, and just reach out to whether it be the chaplains at the Chapel of Hope, whether it be uh, mental health, our our great partners at Fleet and Family Service Center. Um, but also your shipmates. Talk to your shipmates. They do care about you. They probably just don't know exactly what's going on, the extent of what's going on. Yeah, as as hard as it is to say, I will encourage you try to be bold and try to try to take some risk and and open up to people about it, um, because you'd be surprised at the at the level of compassion that you might get back. Um, the worst thing to do is just hold it in, and uh, and kind of suffer in silence. So, um, and that's. That's what we're trying to do with with Safe Talk. Uh, we're trying to increase that web of safety uh, as as much as possible. Uh, we uh, we talk about creating a suicide safer environment, and that only happens when everyone's on the same page, when everyone is is uh, is as comfortable talking about this, getting the subject out in the open, so that people who are going through these these times, uh, these uh, these thoughts. I feel safe for coming out in the open about it too. Yeah, I, I that's that's pretty powerful, sir. I appreciate that. Um so in that vein, sir, um what would you say to your regular navy person who's not having any of these feelings? What steps they can do to help notice some of these things in their environment and notice some of these warning signs? Well, one of the things I'm going to do is a shameless plug Take safe talk. <laughs> Don't run away from the training as you would from your normal GMTs or whatever other Navy training is mandated. Um, take the time uh, to sit through this course. It's it is some time, three and a half to four hours. Um, but during that time, we're 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 talking about these invitations more so than just the the warning signs we we talk about during GMTs. But uh, we talk about what to look for, what we think about them. So it's a lot of self uh, evaluation of what are my thoughts about suicide? What are some of the biases that I might be having and holding that are blinding me to certain things or, or uh, preventing me from seeing some of these things, right? Either thoughts or beliefs or um, just fears that I might have. And so it, it's, it's a good time to evaluate kind of where I stand and what I might be doing and believing and thinking and fearing that might be preventing me from being the most compassionate, uh, alert shipmate that I can be, right? So uh, take the course, jump into it. There's going to be different opportunities. We're offering it at AOB um, on a weekly basis. It's going to be oh, wow. uh, a mandated, uh, it's going to actually be part of, of AOB for incoming military, but uh, a lot of ships are are offering this while underway. Uh, we, we're offering uh, different uh, opportunities here. So take the course, you're gonna learn a lot about yourself uh, in order to make you, yourself a more uh, suicide alert shipmate. So. 
So uh, if someone was interested in taking the course, then uh, who, who would they speak to? So you could definitely reach out to your unit chaplains. So they would be the first point of contact. A lot of them are going to be uh, trainers themselves. Uh, but if they're not offering the course themselves, they, they know how to get in touch with Credo, our, uh, the, the, the Credo department here on, uh, as part of region helps organize all the different uh, workshops that we have across the base. But also, again, very soon we're going to start offering it on a weekly basis at AOBICR, uh, at, at the AOB portion that first afternoon, and anyone on the base can join the people in AOB that are going through it oh, wow. okay. on Tuesday afternoons. Um, so we'll have a regular kind of offering of the course. For weekly people to, or biweekly. Right. Wow. Right. Fantastic. And so we'll do That's a good great. job of, of kind of advertising those opportunities for people. And the other thing I want to mention, I use the term uh, more suicide alert shipmate. One of the things that are is, is something that I realized afterwards is this is not, again, not a Navy issue. Being more suicide alert, I think, is part of being a better parent a better friend, a better husband or a wife, because these kinds of thoughts affect people all around us outside the workplace. And um, some of the incidents, some of the situations that I've had uh, in suicide intervention have, have been with my neighbors in my home. Uh, and so very beneficial, especially for parents too, uh, not knowing everything about what's happening with their children and in school, just learning how to be more empathetic, learning how to pick up on certain things. I think it has benefits way outside the the workplace. Yeah, for our society as exactly. a whole, really. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 very important stuff, sir. And um, you know, I, like I said, it's personal to me, and I think it's personal to a lot of to people a lot in of the people. Navy. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of people in general, but but the Navy specifically. I mean, we go through a lot when we're underway, and and we all know the mental stress. And I think anyone in the Navy who who yeah has has deployed been underway i mean you've been touched by it in one way or another and uh i consistently believe that this is a really important topic to talk about so i'm i'm really glad you came by today and uh safe talk sounds interesting i would like to take it myself quite frankly so we'll make the opportunity available So thanks, everybody, for joining us for episode two of the Giant Voice podcast. We hope you have enjoyed things so far. Uh, in regards to this episode, if you're interested in taking a Safe Talk course, uh, you can reach out to your unit chaplain or the chapel at 243-2010 or Credo Japan at 243-8865. The Giant Voice Podcast is a production of Commander Fleet Activities Yokosuka Public Affairs Office. The views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the policy of the Department of the Navy or Department of Defense. Thanks for listening.